Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcannabisativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcannabisativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at iccativapod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bum up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing and you find yourself coming around often, please become a Patreon supporter of this podcast and support us. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to HTTPS anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I see sativa podcasts. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Howdy y'all. Mrs. Sativa here. Hope you guys are having a very good one. As usual, I'm joining you from Illegal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Nevada and how their adult use rollouts has gone over the years since they legalized adult use sales in 2016. So, as always, we're going to we're going to continue to look at history. We're going to continue to look at other states and other provinces and other countries that also have legal cannabis and try to learn lessons and take away lessons to make the next states and the next countries and the next areas that legalize more successful than the previous area. So we're going to continue our series about Nevada's rollout. And as usual, I can be found on various different platforms, such as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. So this is our next part. We're, we're on the third part. We're on the third part of this series. We'll do the fourth part um, pretty soon. I don't know what day that will drop, but we're we're almost done. We're 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 three quarters of the way done right now. But let's 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 go to this next part about pot and public servants in in Nevada. And this was written by Michelle Rindles, like, and she wrote the other parts as well too. She's wrote this whole series. So pot and public servants, November 17, 2019. Many who wander the halls of the legislature and keep up on the latest twists and turns of cannabis law wind up involved in the industry themselves. Nevada's system of regulating marijuana was born in the halls of the legislature. So perhaps it isn't surprising that many who wander the halls sit through the hours of hear- hearings to develop regulatory structure and stay current on the latest twists and turns of cannabis law wind up involved in the industry themselves. 
Rutgers released through SB32 this spring reveal a number of former lawmakers and lobbyists on the list of owners and board members of marijuana companies. Among them are two who reached Speaker, the highest post in the assembly, and but had become lobbyists by the time the legislature authorized dispensary. So again, you're having former lawmakers. So it seems like you're having former lawmakers like join in on this legal cannabis rush and it's like a conflict of interest. They're the ones regulating and then they're twisting the laws in their favors so they can make money in the, in, in the private sector. I mean, there should be laws against this for real. Quote, the experience that former elected officials, former lawmakers, former bureaucrats have with the state agencies and how they operate, I think is helpful in advising and moving things forward in a way that's actually appropriate for our state. It's a conflict of interest. It's not appropriate. Said Democratic former Assembly Speaker Richard Perkins, who served in the legislature from 1992 to 2006. Nevada shifted from having the Department of Health and Human Services oversee dispensaries to the Department of Taxation in 2017. Understanding the differences between the two agencies was an important skill, he said. John Osegura, also a former speaker who left the legislature after the 2011 session, is a board member with Las Vegas Wellness Compassion LLC and represented 11 different cannabis companies in the 2019 legislative session. He said he thinks the company sought him out as a board member because of his knowledge in the regulatory arena and his public safety background as a firefighter. There are also former mayors and council members whose skill sets could be helpful in navigating local government approvals. Municipalities have the power to enact moratoriums and approve local permits for individual businesses. So the fate of a business can sometimes hang on on how well its voters navigate local government politics and processes. You want people on your team to help you in guidance through the rough water, and cannabis is a rough industry. Rebecca Geska, a lobbyist and owner of Wendovera LLC. So you want to rely on people who know how to get you where you want to go. They also have the compass. They're the compass holders. You're the boat, and you trust them. And it makes sense because you haven't been in their shoes. Also on the list are three pe- or at least three people with intimate knowledge of marijuana regulation. One is Dion, Dion Contin, who, until February 2018, headed the Department of, Tran- of Taxation that oversees marijuana businesses. Although she's listed as a board member for Sierra Well, she says... She was never a bonfire board member and was listed as a potential secretary while working as a private sector lawyer on Sierra Wells' unsuccessful applications for five dispensary licenses in 2018. Reporting from Nevada Current suggests that there may have been a lapse in communication about Conti's status that resulted in the name still being on the list that says it's current until August 1st, 2019. She says that... that she said that had the company won the dispensary license, it would still need to update its records and confirm a bona fide board members. Critics have questioned the 
pr propriety of Contine being involved in the industry at all because of her close ties to the regulation development process. But Contine, who served as head of the Department of Administration in government, Steve Sisolak's cabinet until her abrupt resignation last week, insists that she's not running afoul of ethics law that calls for a cooling off period for former public employees. Quote, no, I wasn't working as a lawyer in the private sector and was no let me let me correct that no i was working as a lawyer in the private sector and was thinking about the issues that were active at the department in any area and if there were any conflicts related to my private sector legal work she said in an email to the nevada independent she added that she's no longer interested in working in the private sector and hopes to someday return to the public sector quote I've spent much of my life dedicated to public service and ultimately realized rather quickly after working as a lawyer in the private sector for a few months that I'm more suited to make sure systems and processes run smoothly. My heart is in the public is in public service and policy, she said. Below are a list of names in the political realm who are leaders in the cannabis industry. Several former state legislatures have a stake in the industry, including David Guildwater, an owner at Enio Fire Cannabis LLC. He's also a former Democratic member of the Assembly and now a lobbyist. Former Assemblywoman Lucy Fort. Oh, that name is familiar. Um, she was, she, I mean, she, I mean, as someone, I'm going to interrupt this for a second. As someone who follows sort of progressive politics and someone who's been a Bernie supporter, she was a, I believe, a former state senator or something like that. And um, she was a Bernie surrogate, a Bernie supporter in 2016. And I think she's now supporting a different political candidate now. But um, I do remember seeing her name and seeing her as a, a political supporter of Bernie. And and um, it's interesting that she is in, in cannabis now, that she's that she's gone into that industry after um, working in politics. But let's continue. Former Assemblywoman Lucy Flores, a Democrat who ran an unsuccessful bid for Congress in 2016, is a board member at Green Mart of Nevada. Then there is Sandra Tiffany, an owner of GWGA LLC and a former Republican state senator who served 14 years in the legislature. She's a businesswoman who established a nuclear medicine image processing company and worked at a large computer a design and engineering firm. One-term Republican Assembly member Scott Sibley, an owner of Nevada Holistic Medicine LLC, is a real estate broker and reporter for with Nevada Legal News, a subscription service-based website that publishes news stories, public notices, and other public records. Mark James is an owner of LVMC CMP LLC and LVMC LLC. He served in the legislature from 1992 to 2002 on the Clark County Commission from 2003 to 2007. In 1995, James wrote the Nevada's Truth in Sentencing Law, reducing the possibility that prisoners could get an early release. So this guy was this guy was 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 in on the whole tough on crime nonsense. That put a lot of nonviolent 
cannabis offenders in prison for a flipping plant when we were in the tough on crime days of the 1990s. And this guy participated in that. Now, and he made money off making laws, off making laws against cannabis users and made made a living and made money off that. And now this Mark James guy is trying to make money a second time off, off legal cannabis. This should not be allowed. This is an outrage. He also authored the Nevada's Megan Law to notify the community when a sex offender has been released from prison. His time as CEO of Frias Cab Company was marked by a contentious breach of contact contract lawsuit. He's now CEO of Integrity Vehicle Solutions. <laughs> Integrity, like this person has that, which developed the Ride Genie app that allowed passengers to hail cabs. Former Assemblyman Chad Cheston, a Republican who served from 2002 to 2010 and ran an unsuccessful bid for the U.S. Senate in 2010, is owner of Fidelis Holdings. He told the Las Vegas Review-Journal in 2014 that although he's a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, which opposes the use of marijuana except for medicinal use, he became a supporter of medicinal marijuana after seeing his wife's friend suffer from using prescription painkillers. Josh Griffin, a former owner with Live Free Wellness LLC, who has left the industry, served as a Republican member of the Assembly in 2003 and is a lobbyist whose clients in the 2019 session include the City of Reno, City of Elko, and casino companies, MGM Resorts, and El Dorado Resorts, casino companies are strictly prohibited from involvement in the marijuana industry. He is a son of Jeff Griffin, who served as Reno's mayor for eight years. High-ranking legislative leaders on the rolls include Oseguera, a former owner of Exhale Brands Nevada 2 LLC and current board member at the Las Vegas Wellness and Compassion LLC. He is a lobbyist and the former Speaker of the Assembly who ran two unsuccessful bids for Congress in 2012 and 2016. And then there is Perkins, an owner of Nevada Holistic Medicine LLC and Nevada Natural Medicines LLC and the former Speaker of the Assembly. He worked as police officer starting in 1984 becoming before becoming chief of police in Henderson and retiring in 2008. He's now president and chief lobbyist for the Perkins Company, a firm whose clients include Newmont Mining and the city of Henderson. Perkins said he's a long, he long supported medicinal marijuana after his stepson battled cancer in the early 1990s. But coming around to support recreational marijuana was a longer evolution. After conversations with narcotics officers, he come, he's come to believe that marijuana is not a gateway drug when it is bought out of the shadows and isn't only available through criminal activity. Family members of political figures include Ross Goodman, an owner of Paradise Wellness Center LLC. He's a criminal defense attorney and son of Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman and former Mayor Oscar Goodman. Mayor Carolyn Goodman has been known to abstain from marijuana-related policy discussions, such as a debate about cannabis consumption lounges in the city because of her son's involvement. On the other end of the state is Catherine Cassell Manico, 
daughter of former Lieutenant Governor and Reno Mayor Bob Cassell, is a owner of Live Free Wellness. She told the Reno Gazette Journal she got into the business because medical cannabis helped her daughters and as investment opportunity. John Griffin is a former owner of Live Free Wellness LLC who said in 2014 that his father had relied on medical marijuana to alleviate symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Griffin is a lobbyist whose clients include casino companies. Lori Rutget, a Las Vegas-based attorney, is former officer with Deep Roots Medicinal LLC. She's married to Sig Rusick, a Republican political consultant, the founder of prominent advertising and lobbying firm R&R Partners, and a former U.S. ambassador to his native Iceland. In 2014, the revelation that Sig wrote a minority owner in a marijuana company was one of the most surprising that came out of a license application period in Clark County. Rusick was a senior White House advisor to President George H.W. Bush from 1989 to 1992 and who also advised President Ronald Reagan, who in 1980 said marijuana is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States. It was 30 years ago, and a lot changed, Sig Rosick said in 2014. And and yet, and I don't believe this person should be able to work in, in cannabis. If you worked, if you worked, if you worked with with parties and people that were tasked with making this stigmatized and putting people in jail for this, again, you should not make money off this a second time. I don't, I don't, I don't like having cops. Or former lawmakers or former people with a conflict of interest who made money a first time off the criminalization of marijuana who are now trying to make money off this now that it is legal i don't believe we should be able to do that i firmly believe that and i'm firmly fir- that's i'm firmly principled to believing that former law former local government figures include larry schaefer an owner of mmm development company inc he's a former councilman for henderson who founded the commercial printing company las vegas color graphics inc in 1978 he he has served as commissioner on six major commissions in southern nevada government his business partner rob grossbeck an owner of mm development company inc served as the mayor for the city of henderson from 1993 to 97 he practiced law for more than 25 years. Lobbyists who have a stake in the industry include John Sand III, an owner of New Leaf. He, he's an attorney at the firm Fenimore Craig and previously was chairman of First Independent Bank of Nevada. He played football for four years at Stanford. Legislative observers may remember Rebecca Gaska, for her past work as lobbyist for the ACLU in Nevada. She is now CEO of the at the lobbying firm Pistol and Stigma, which helps businesses navigate cannabis regulatory processes and is owner at Wendova LLC. Other lobbyists include Tia Dietz, who works with government affairs firm The Griffin Company and who and was registered lobbyist in 2017, and Piper Overseat White, who was a lobbyist for Uber in 2018. Both are board members at Live Free Wellness. Amy Oyob, 
an officer with Deep Roots Medical LLC. He's a former political fundraiser and public speaking coach. Two lobbyists from Barrick Gold are part owners of Marijuana Company. Judith B.B. Adams is an owner of HSH Lion LLC, High Sierra Holistics, as is Sean Gamble, who also lobbies for a coalition, coalition of the Boys and Girls Clubs. Serial participants on state boards round out some of the ownership. Luther Mack, at, an owner at Nevada Wellness Center LLC. Okay, I can't, I can't help this, but um, if you ever watch the show Always Sunny, um, Mac's dad, I think his, his real name is Luther. And and Max Max name Max Mac is only his nickname. His real name is Rodham McDonald, but but um but yeah, I mean that's a sort of derivative of that Mac. I just find that funny. <laughs> Luther Mac, an owner at Nevada Wellness, was longtime operator McDonald. <laughs> oh my God, this is so funny. So his last name is Mac, and then he was a longtime operator McDonald's. That's so funny. <laughs> I can't help that. I got to laugh for a little bit. <laughs> All right. So Luther Mack, an owner of Nevada Wellness Center and LLC, was longtime owner of McDonald's and Popeye's franchises. Previously, he held positions in several state government agencies, served in the Nevada Athletic Commission for 13 years, served as chair of the University of Nevada Reno Foundation, and on the board of Boyd Gambling or Gaming. He said that he got into marijuana world as a business opportunity, but also appreciated the benefits when he found he found when using CBD cream for muscle soreness after workouts and find many former athletes are customers at his business. Tisha Black, a Republican who ran unsuccessfully for in 2018 for Clark County Commission seat held by Just, Justin Jones, is board member at Clear River LLC. She's a lawyer in Las Vegas and the founding partner for Black and Labeo Law Firm. After years of involvement in the state's medical marijuana program, developing regulations and helping companies file applications for their marijuana businesses. She took the helm at president of the Nevada Dispensary Association in 2019. Former state employees who are now involved in the industry include Chad Wetsom, a board member at Forever Green LLC and was previously the bureau chief for the of the Nevada Division of Public Health and Behavioral Health until October 2017, according to his LinkedIn profile, as he oversaw the state's medical marijuana program before it was transferred to the Department of Taxation. On the website for his company, Westsum touts that experience to potential clients, saying he built Nevada's first ever marijuana regulatory structure from 2013 to 2017 and oversaw the licensing and op opening of all of Nevada's marijuana establishments. Lisa Vick, who works as a compliance officer and board member at Clark Natural Medicinal Solutions, votes on her LinkedIn profile that she was auditor with the Nevada Department of Taxation until February 2018. In that job, she said she would audit all inventory and procedures for dispensaries, production, cultivation, laboratories for medical and recreational marijuana in the state of Nevada. Jody Snyder, Riley Snyder, Michaela Cheston, Taylor Avery, Trey Airline, 
and Zach Murray contributed to research to this project. The Nevada Independent 503 News Organization, we're committed to transparency and disclose all of our donors. The following people or entities mentioned in this article are financial supporters of our work. Amy Ayob, 2600. B.B. Adams, 12301. Boyd Gaming, 33,000. Boyd Gaming Event Sponsor, 1500. David Goldwater, 2000. Dayon Contin, 120 bucks. El Dorado Resorts Event Sponsor, 2500. Enio Fine Canvas Event Sponsor, 2500. John Sanday, 160 bucks. Joshua Griffin, 125. MGM Resorts International, $900,000. MGM Resorts International event sponsor, 7,500. Nevada Dispensary Association event sponsor, 4,000 bucks. Richard Perkins, 1,400. Scott Sibley, 5,000. Steve Sisolak, 2,200. The Griffin Company, 4,000. Perkins, the Perkins Co. event sponsor, 250 bucks. Tia Dietz, $500. End of article. So there you have it, folks. Um, former lawmakers, former, ju- former judges, former lawyers, former people who made money off the criminalization of cannabis are making money a second time off adult use in Nevada. For my Nevada listeners, we love you. We support you hard. We ride for all our listeners. If you live in Nevada, these are places you should not visit because people who make money off the criminalization of cannabis and work for Republicans like Ronald Reagan, who called it the most dangerous drug known to man or whatever, they should not get to make money off a second time. You know, I hope... I mean, I hope these business. I hope. I hope these businesses are in supported by the people in Nevada. You know, again, you should not make money a second time off this stuff. I really believe that. So again, if you live in Nevada, you know which places to not support. Um, so I hope you guys got a lot out of this. Um, as usual, I can be found on various different platforms. Um, if you like. If you like these videos, you like these podcasts, and you find stuff coming around often to them, you can support me on Patreon at the link above, http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash 2zukdgc. And um, you can also support me on PayPal at paypal.me slash podcast. I'm also on social at pod and Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. And as always, everyone, say Medicaid, my friends. Peace out. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are a few ways that you can do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for housing and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can also support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. If you are feeling extra generous, we have $5 and above tiers. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor. You can do this by going to www.anchor.com dot fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode 
you can also call and leave a voice message at the phone number 617-466-9389. That is 617-466-9389. And I may just play it on a future episode. If you are in need of some good CBD products, you can also check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp products. You can check them out by checking out this link, um, www.bit.ly slash 33FKRV9. And you can try the following coupon codes. Dog Treat 20 tincture 20 40 percent sign off iso and 15 percent sign off cbd and you can use those codes to get a discount on various cbd products on their website and if you're looking to get inexpensive cbd flour delivered to your door quickly and cheaply in new england check out bostonhempire.com where you can get frequent sales on CBD flour and other products such as tinctures and edibles as well too. Boston Hempire will get you cheap CBD flour delivered to your door in New England and the rest of the United States for a very very good price and I highly recommend their products too. Feel free to enter the URL https colon slash slash shop dot Boston Hempire dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland peace out and ciao